This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Here's Speroni. He rolls the ball out to Cannon. He's got options in front of him. He picks out Thomas. This is a nice looking move from Palace. That's a neat ball to Ambrose. A space on the right. Good turn. He crosses into Johnson. Oh, yes. Back of the nest. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Back of the Nest preview podcast. I'm your host, Terence Ford of redandbluearmy.co.uk, and I'm buzzing to be back for the fourth preview podcast of the season. Albert Curley and Sam Heskiff are also buzzing to talk Moonlegs. Palace's new approach to loaning out the youngsters, the Carabao Cup, and of course, previewing Southampton's visit to Selhurst Park. Steve Grant from the Total Saints podcast will also be joining to give us a lowdown on the Saints, and I'm reliably informed that he is also buzzing to be part of the show. As our opponents on Saturday say, let's go marching in. Right, yes, new week. I'm actually tempted to call this the Graham Sooners uh, fan show now. Um, I must say, I've seen him in a whole new light after Sunday post-Watford. Heskiff, welcome. Thank you. How are you feeling about Sooners sticking up for Wilf? Yeah, for the first time ever. uh, Yeah, like you say, I've, I've also seen him in a new light. I think he talks a lot of sense. He is spot on. Um, In all seriousness... You know, I, I think he was absolutely right with what he said. There's there's a difference between playing hard and going out to deliberately injure a player, which is what I think Etienne Capu did. Um, you know, obviously, it go, this goes beyond us just having a moan as Palace fans that people are going after Wilf. He's not getting enough protection. We say it quite a lot. But there's a difference between that and being a bit partisan and actually you know, first however many minutes into the game, you're leaping off the floor and raking down the back of his, you know, back of his tendons there. Uh, so, yeah, I think it was great that, you know, Sooness being as it was on Sky, had the platform to really um, have a go and, and dig out the ref as well. So, yeah, for the first time ever, I think I agree with him. Wow. I only said, hi, Sam. He's off on one already. <laughs> Albert. Half a can of red striped down. <laughs> oh, we're doing beer checks already. We haven't even introduced Albert yet. You there, mate? Yeah. <laughs> you know, about beer if you want. Welcome to the party. 
Hi, thanks. All right. All right, so we'll we'll do it. We'll do a beer check. What are we having? I'm on red stripe. I've got a drive later. <laughs> I feel like you're letting this this part of the show down, Albert. I'm sorry. It's you know. I, I think the law comes first. <laughs> Probably. Uh, Hugo Lloris might think differently. Uh, so, Moonlegs has won Player of the Month. And by Moonlegs, I mean Aaron Wan-Bissaka has been voted the Man Bet X Player of the Month. Still sounds really dodgy in my ears. Um, but Moonlegs, do we think this is a good nickname for him? Patrick Van Arnholt has put this on Instagram, so I assume it's what they're calling him and calling him at the club. Can you come up with anything better, Albert? Uh, was there an explanation behind it? No I'm... explanation. I think it's just something to do with them just, I don't know, just being everywhere. Doesn't really work for me. I was like, you know, Inspector Gadget Legs works much better in my mind. But that's probably showing my age. Mate, and mine. (laughs) No, to be honest, I'm so bamboozled by it. It's it's thrown my capabilities to try and come up with an alternative. Heskiff, do you think he deserves the award? Is he second? He's only played 10 games for us. I voted for him, so yes, I think he deserves it. Um, even though, obviously, he missed the Watford game, he's been outstanding in, in both other games and the and the League Cup game in the in the week. So, yeah, I think he's been very, you know, very worthy winner of, of both those awards, certainly this one. Mm. I just realised that I didn't do my beer check. After berating Albert, I didn't say what I was drinking. Outrage. I'm local today, Gypsy Hill, Hepcat. It's a session IPA and it's bloody lovely. Um, Jason Lakilo, who, is he old enough to drink? I'm not even sure. He's moved on loan to Lorient. Um, and Palace have now gone with a policy that all Palace youth team players are available for free in a loan deal, as long as it's guaranteed that they'll play for their team. Heskiv, do you think this is a good route to take? I do. You know, I think it's good motivation for the lower league teams to to bring in our players. It's obviously good motivation for the players themselves, and you know they'll obviously want to get a good amount of first team football. So I, I certainly don't think it will it will hurt. Um, I guess only time will tell uh, how many of these clubs will take us up on it. But considering our younger players are considered pretty highly, I should imagine there'll be a, a decent amount of of interest in them, which will only benefit. You know, all, it will benefit all parties. So, yeah, I think it's a, a great, a great idea by the club, and uh, I hope it reaps the rewards of it. But Albert, in the light of Aaron Wambasaka and his rise to stardom, do you think he's a one in a hundred type scenario, or do you think we should actually just be throwing more of our younger players into our own starting eleven? I'm going to count that with how old is Jordan? Much. <laughs> uh, please just don't mention him. Uh, I think it's a good policy to be honest you know it's competitive game time is what these players need and you know Aaron Wambasaka came in through sort of almost luck really Um, so yeah get them out and see what they can do yeah I tend to agree I think there's nothing wrong with cutting your teeth in the championship players for example Victor Moses Nathaniel Klein Wilfred Zaha these are all players that have cut their teeth in the championship and it's definitely helped their progression so in in obviously a Crystal Palace sense so yeah nothing wrong with it get them out there get them playing is what I say 
Um, social media this week. Um, <laughs> so this started on Saturday night for me, where a tweet popped up when Neil Shipley tweeted a very large picture of a pie mash with all the trimmings and said, who needs a Ruby Murray when you can, you can have this. And, you know, looks very nice. Just drops a little like on that. Fast forward to Sunday afternoon at Watford and Neil Shipley rolls into, (laughs) sorry to say rolls into the row in front of me in the away end. And lo and behold, he has a pie in his hands. So that I make that in the space of about 12 hours, Neil Shipley's gobbled up two pies, (laughs) which, um, if you've seen the size of Neil Shipley these days, you'll understand that that's probably not too much of a surprise. But um, <laughs> it then went on to everyone, all of us was obviously texting our friends saying, um, oh, Neil Shipley's in the row in front of us, to which a few of us got responses of, can you see the pitch? <laughs> which, again, a little bit harsh on Neil. Uh, he was Friend of the show. <laughs> friend of the show, been on several times, yeah. Uh, I think he's the first to take the mick out of his own size anyway, so... There you go. But he um, <clears throat> was joining in with uh, Andy Johnson's magic song <laughs> and was much delighted when we changed the words to uh, when Neil Shipley knocks it down, he scores all, I'll save you the bleep time, Billiam, night. <laughs> um, but then he carried on later in the day when uh, I tweeted a picture of Etienne Capoue going down Zaha's calf, uh, just saying, imagine doing this to a fellow professional. And there was um, Neil Shipley of a reply saying, yeah, totally agree. What an arsehole. So big up Neil Shipley. Um, lovely to see you in the way end and that you're getting behind the palace. Uh, we're going to go away. And when we come back, we'll have a little bonus five minutes of talking about our Carabao Cup winning Swansea. Back of the Nest Match Preview Podcast. www.backofthenest.com Yes, so we did end up going for... Um, whatever reason why must be lunatics getting a home at two o'clock in the morning uh, after setting off at about 1pm in the afternoon and me DR and Hambo <laughs> drove drove all the way there or should we say Hambo drove all the way there and back so respect to Hambo make sure you listen to the review show this weekend for, as, as your way of saying thank you um, Albert you didn't stream the game did you no it's illegal Yes, exactly. But um, Hesk, if you have a, a legal stream, am I correct in saying that? Yes. Yes, question mark. Well. <laughs> Let's say yes and ignore the inverted commas around the word legal. Okay. Sorlot, he got off the mark and had, um, I'd say, a pretty decent game in terms of holding the play up well, battling in the air, cycling balls off to on rushing midfielders, etc., etc. Uh, what did you think of his performance? I th- thought, well, at half time, I wasn't, I wasn't overly impressed with him. Um, and I think, you know, it's tempered a lot by the goal that he scored. Cause he, I think, I did think he took it very well, actually. Um, and yeah, he, he certainly won a few headers and, and that, which I would, I mean, I would expect him to do so against the, the center halves that Swansea were playing. I still am yet to be convinced by him. I know that it's, it's quite tough because, We've seen bit parts of him, and at the end of last season, he he you know he was playing against a lot of the uh, the bigger teams. Um, but on the plus side, certainly his goal should give him a lot of confidence and show Roy that you know he's capable of scoring, which Benteke hasn't done this season so far. Mm. So um, he's done himself no um, no harm at all. 
Um, but I still think he needs to show a little bit more before I'm convinced he'll lead the line for us in the long term. What did you think of the goal itself? Um, two players on the fringe of the team, uh, Riedewald playing a very nice little slid pass into him from a left-back position. He'd moved to left-back by that point, Riedewald, where he um, certainly turned out a few times at Ajax. Um, and I thought Sorlot showed very good awareness, great first touch, held the player off and pretty tidy finish. Yeah, it was a good goal. Um, Jairo is another one. I was I was hoping he'd do really well in the game and, and I actually thought he was... He looked more comfortable when he was playing at fullback than in the centre of midfield. Um, but like you say, lovely ball straight through to Serlot. Great first touch to sort of turn himself around the defender. And, and yeah, very instinctive finish. So um, the second half was a bit better from us. I thought the first half was a bit bit turgid, but certainly the goal was a very good one. Um, I'm sure everyone's seen it by now. Um, but it's good, again, the same with Gyro. You know, these players who aren't playing much in the league need to show Roy something in order to sort of push push themselves into his thinking for the for the first 11 uh, and both of them having a hand in the goal certainly was is a, a very good sort of star by their name mm. what I was encouraged to see with the performance was despite it being a mainly second string 11 of course we had uh, even four players making their full debuts in there uh, continued to play the same style with the same patterns um, obviously with varying degrees of success and a little bit less quality, which I think you could tell when Townsend came on that he definitely looked like <laughs> the quality of the game raised dramatically when he came on. But um, yeah, it was. I, I'm very confident with the depth that we have in that sense. There was no one on that pitch that I thought, you know, if push comes to shove and they have to play in a starting 11, I'd be overly upset that they're there. Um, and of course, the four full debuts were uh, Vicente Guaita, Ryan Innes, Max Meyer and Cuarte. Obviously, we know enough about Meyer and Cuarte. Um, so we'll talk about the other two. Guaita first. Um, I think at the beginning of the season, you said that Wayne Hennessy would keep more clean sheets than him in your outrageous prediction. Yeah, proving quite outrageous so far. Well, they're level now. They are. <laughs> I, thought, I thought Guaita played... I mean, he didn't have a huge amount to do. But he made a, a, a pretty good instinctive stop first half and he made a very good save uh, where he came out quickly in the second half. Um, his distribution seemed pretty good, which I think we all really expect to be better than Hennessy's because even with Hennessy's improved performances so far this season, his distribution's still a bit crap. Um, but he seemed good, you know, like he, he, he claimed a couple of crosses very well. There was one which he punched, but managed to get quite a good distance on it, which is what you want if your keeper's punching instead of catching. Um, so, uh, yeah, I was I was pleased. You can't ask for more than a clean sheet from him. So he he certainly, yeah, did everything you, ex- you would expect him to do. If you look at um, Vicente Guaita's goalkeeper gloves, um, his full finger and little finger are actually one finger on the gloves, which you wear when you're designed to punch. So he's going he's gonna to punch crosses. Um, I just think that's his style. Yeah. I mean, like I said, he, he got a lot of distance on it. Yeah. And if you're going to punch him, then that's what I want to see rather than sort of loop them up and they come down still in the box. So yeah, all good. It's kind of like when you're playing cricket, if you're going to flash outside the off stump, make sure you flash hard. So if you get it, the ball goes over the slips. Are you with me? I never, I never flash soft. <laughs> uh, Ryan Innes, uh, finally, he's long awaited Crystal Palace debut. How did you feel that he played? I thought he was okay. Um, there, there were... Uh, 
you know, good good patches where he was very keen to get the ball. He didn't look uncomfortable on the ball. Um, you know, he did a couple of little Cruyff turns and went from right to left. There were a couple of moments where he maybe was a bit too eager, so he went quite quite tight on on the the Swansea player and, and at one point sort of missed the flight of the ball and and let them go on. Um, but again, he he, I mean, he didn't look really out of place. Um, I wouldn't expect him to be playing in the first team at all, to be honest. But at least if there's a massive injury crisis, you know, the likes of which we had last year, if he had to come in, at least now he's had that sort of first team experience and it won't be overawed if he gets asked to come and, and play for the first team again. Um, but if he doesn't, I mean, it, it's a good sort of shop window performance for him to go down into the lower leagues and, and forge ahead there. Yeah, hopefully that's what will happen for him. Um, he was absolutely very confident vocally telling Martin Kelly and uh, his fullback on the left side of his schlap, obviously, um, telling him what to do. He wasn't shy and screaming instructions to them, which was very noticeable from the crowd. But what's nuts about it is obviously he's been around for ages and only just made his debut but there was four players in the starting Palace 11 who was actually younger than him on the field which is um, crazy really can you name them? Oh, now you're asking Wambasaka. Correct um, I'm going to go Max Meyer Correct Serlot Serlot, correct Who's the next one? Gyro Yes, very good you know your stuff Ooh. Okay then, so if I said to you the number 272, what does that mean? Well, I, this is a bit of a cheat because I saw my tweets. think I've seen your tweet. <laughs> um, but I will pretend I don't know and I will say it's the combined age of Roy and Ray Lewington. <laughs> uh, very good. No, it was the combined squad numbers of our starting 11, which we were so bored in the first half. We were discussing whether it was the highest we've ever fielded as a starting eleven in terms of squad numbers. Of course, having Punchin 42, Riedervold 44, 29, 33, 34 at the back and 15. It was um, a lot of high numbers are in there. Uh, so that pretty much explains what happens in the away end when there's only 200 fans and the first half's really boring. And of course, we've been treated with a wonderful draw in the next round, travelling to... One of the other newly relegated teams in West Brom. Um, all I can say is what will happen is we'll probably beat West Brom and then draw Stoke away in the next round. Just when you think you've got rid of three of the worst away days in the Premier League. They come back and bite you in the Carabao Cup. We'll finish that there. <laughs> and then when we come back, we will be talking even to Steve Grant from the Total Saints podcast. <laughs> Back of the Nest Match Preview Podcast, www.backofthenest.com. Okay, now we are now joined by Steve Grant from the Total Saints Podcast. Steve, thank you so much for joining. No worries. And um, congratulations on beating Brighton last night. That always goes down well in our neck of the woods. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a bit of a reserve, bit of a reserve team game, but win's a win. Um, maybe a bit of confidence. We'll, we'll, see, we'll see how that goes. Well, let's start in the summer first. Um, pretty active in the transfer market. Um, no, most notably, you brought in Danny Ings on loan, who was heavily linked with Palace. So how's he's got off to at the beginning of the season? 
he's he's been decent actually. He's been a lot, a lot sharper than I was expecting. I think, um, given that obviously he's only played what about twenty games in the last three years. Um, he looked he looked very looked very sharp right from the off when he came on. I think he came on with about half an hour or so to go against Burnley on the opening day, um, and started against both um, Everton and uh, Leicester. Um, yeah, he's he's been decent. Um, but one, I think one of the main things with our transfer business is that we got most of it done so early. Mm. Um, so a lot of people were kind of sort of thinking, oh, have we, have we kind of done everything now? And the Ings thing seemed to come come a little bit out of the blue. He was, he'd been rumoured sort of linked with us for quite a while, but nobody really thought uh, that we're um, we're not gonna, not going to spend any proper money on on someone like, on a guy like him when when he's got his injury record. Um, but I guess it got to the point where we were that desperate for another striker um, that in the end we've actually caved to Liverpool and actually agreed to give them the best part of, well, anywhere between 16 and 20 20 million quid next year. Oh, so is it an absolute obligation to buy or is it just an option? Yeah, it's it's a loan with an obligation to buy, which I assume from our perspective is probably for accounting reasons. Mm. Um, so it basically then means that they can they can shift that um, that signing on to next year's books, and then um, I mean with all the wages and um, all the transfer fees and stuff and how it's accounted for, that then means that there's absolutely no danger of any um, sort of run-ins with financial fair play or anything like that. Makes sense. There's a lot of that going on in football now. Uh, mm. But I'm very glad to hear that Liverpool have moved away from Palace in terms of making them spend loads of money. Benteke and Mamadou Sacco. Uh, although Benteke had a great first season and um, Sacco's an excellent defender. It's, we still paid through the nose for them, that's for sure. So, And they probably need some of your some of the money back from you guys, right? After spending about four, 400 million. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, they, um, I mean, they could they could have completely rebuilt Anfield for the amount of money they've given us. Um, but I mean, I, th- I think to be honest, most of the players they've got, they've got good value out of, unfortunately, as much as I hate those. F- <laughs> um, but it's um, just infuriating the way that uh, obviously the van, the way the Van Dyke situation played out was all very public and, and disappointing. Um, I mean, yeah, it comes to something, the, the only, there's only one of the players that actually left, left us for them. Um, obviously, that's still there that I, that I actually quite like, and that's Sadio Mane. Mm. Um, he never kicked up a fuss, but um, but yeah, the others can oh, don't don't give a toss about any of them. They can uh, they can rot in hell for like a Sadio Mane um, has a great love affair with the back of the Crystal Palace net, so um, he can do one in terms of how I feel. <laughs> yeah. um, Vestergaard was bought in, I assume, to basically replace Van Dijk. How's he started? Uh, he's been okay. Um, yeah, I mean, he's got he's got a lot of the attributes that we were sorely lacking last season. Um, so he's an absolute man mountain. I think he's about six six or six seven. Um, so he will win most stuff in the air. Although I suspect Ben Teke will give him a give him a decent battle um, if he plays this weekend. Um, the problem the problem we've got, I think, defensively is a lack of pace through the middle. Um, there's only really Maya Yoshida who's got any sort of pace. And he came back late from um, from having been in the World Cup, so he's not up, fully up to speed yet. So he probably won't play. Um, so it's Vestergaard and probably one other, because um, Hughes has already ditched the uh, three at the back that we were trying throughout the whole of preseason. Um, that lasted about an hour, 
um, <laughs> this season. So yeah, rip that up completely and uh, sod it. Let's let's go back to four four two. What could possibly go wrong? Wow. Um, and the answer is one point from three games that we probably sh- should have been looking at getting at least six, maybe. Yeah, that's it's, you look at those fixtures and obviously Everton away is always a tough game, but um, you look at the other two at home. We've, I think we've won once up there since the late 80s. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you look at Burnley at home, you look at Leicester at home, you're thinking maybe you can get four points out of those games. You never know with Leicester which one's going to turn up. But um, have you got what you deserve from those games or do you feel like you should be on a couple more points? No, I, th- I think we've I think we've played okay in spells. The problem has been, as it was for most of last season, um, people making stupid mistakes. Um, like we switch off every now and then and um you just cannot afford to do that at the top level. Mm, yeah. Um so I mean the I mean Leicester's winner where Maguire's allowed to run best part of forty yards with the ball. I mean I know we we had ten men for twenty minutes, but it's only Harry Maguire. It's not as if it's um Mo Salah running at you. Yeah. And um and we've let him I mean I don't I just don't understand how that ball's even found the corner yeah. because you've got three players literally stood directly in line with it and it's gone through every single one of them. Mm. Um, and that's, that's just, 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 just the sort of luck you get. I would have been tearing my hair out how far he was allowed to run. And the fact he's managed to score from that far, he'll probably never do it again in his life. Oh yeah, completely. <laughs> uh, but you touched on Mark Hughes ripping up the preseason plan uh, just after 60 minutes. How are Southampton fans feeling about him in general? Um, it's a weird one. I think a lot of fans were kind of quite happy for him to keep the job after, um, after last season. Um, I mean, my, per- my personal view is that he basically did the bare minimum. Um, and ultimately I guess the club just thought they, they probably should give him the job rather than that. They actually wanted to give him the job. Um, and it's, I do wonder whether they even bothered to look to see if there was anybody who might have suited us a little bit better. Um, defensively, he's not really fixed the problem that, we, that we've that we had for best part of 18 months. Um, and I mean, the, the players we brought in individually are all, I think, are absolutely fine. Um, they kind of suit what we're, what we're after. And um, there's there seems to be a bit of a plan in terms of the recruitment. But in terms of the way we're actually playing... Um, there doesn't appear to be any sort of defined style. It's all a little bit on the hoof. Um, basically, every game so far, we've had probably f- at least half an hour to 40 minutes where we've been absolutely appalling and the rest has been okay. Um, sort of verging on good occasionally. Um, but there's no there's no obvious sort of what, um, sort of picture of what Hughes is trying to do with this team. There's no obvious, are we trying to play the ball out from the back and, and build uh, build gradually and keep player possession game? Are we trying to go long to, um, to either a target man or someone like Shane Long, who's going to constantly run the channels and, and be a pest to, um, to defenders? Um, are we trying to play a fast counter-attacking game? Um, and the answer to all three of those is no, I don't think. Um, and it's from, and one, given that he's had a full preseason with these, with most of these players, and we're now obviously what, well, three league games, four, including the reserve team game on Tuesday against Brighton. Um, and I don't think he's any nearer to knowing a, what 
formation he wants to play and b which um which 11 players he he feels best suits that that system wow well, um, there's... Uh, yeah, sorry, quite a round. No, there, you've, but... <laughs> you've, you've basically covered off everything without me having to ask you any questions. So um, I think we'll wrap it up there, Steve. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, no problem. And are you making it down to Sellers on Saturday? I am, yes. I mean, it's it's basically a home game for me. I live I live in the area, so... Ah, uh... oh, that's of course, because Sam Heskiff uh, introduced, us, introduced you to the podcast. There you go. So... Um, yes. Well, yeah, nice. Yeah. Ho- hopefully, we'll be sending you back to your on your short journey with no points. But um, thank you for joining us anyway. And it's no uh, at Total Saints Podcast on Twitter is where you can be reached. That's right. Yeah. Brilliant stuff. Okay, thanks for joining us, mate. Back of the Nest Match Preview Podcast. www.backofthenest.com You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Back of the Nest Match Preview Podcast. www.backofthenest.com Right, thanks again to Steve at the top there for talking to us about Southampton. (laughs) I'm not sure he's feeling it about Mark Hughes, but um, that could probably and should play into our hands on the weekend. Um, Ben Long, a fan of the show, a friend of mine, has, I think his daughter dates a Southampton season to get hold of, and he's telling me how just how awful they are. So, obvious win coming up, right, Heskiff? No comment. Uh, right, we're going to start with Wayne Hennessy. Start at the back. Uh, Alberts, the second. Hello, hello, the second goal at Watford on the weekend. Was it his fault? Uh, I, f- I think it's really harsh if I say yes. So I'm going to say not really. I mean, it's. I've seen better keepers beaten by similar things, so I'm not going to go in too hard on him. Maybe he could have done better because of his height, but. You know, no one was expecting it. You know, when the player kicking the ball doesn't expect it to go in, you know, I think it's 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 cruel to uh, to put the boot in on Wayne. So it's kind of like what everyone used to say about Balassi. If he doesn't know what he's doing, how can anyone else know what he's doing? Yeah, but not as good. <laughs> <laughs> Only just way worse for us. Um, yeah, those sort of things, especially today, it was, the weather was awful, quite windy, quite rainy. It's easy for the ball to get stuck on the wind, especially these floaters they play with these days. I'm starting to sound old. Oh, those balls they play with these days um, do not clip that billion. <laughs> uh, yeah, but I was just wondering if Hodgson's looking for an excuse to get Gwater in, uh, would he need one or Heskip, do you think he's a bit more ruthless than that? And if he felt like Guaita's the better goalkeeper in training, he'd put him in? Yeah, probably. I mean, I agree with Albert 
I think it's quite harsh to give Wayne too much stick for it. You know, it, PVA was on the line and didn't seem to think it was going in or, or wasn't sure as well. So I think if you're looking for an excuse, then maybe it's there, but it'll be a very, very harsh one. And, you know, Hennessy's had a, as good a start to the season before that as we would have been expecting. I mean, he's certainly been better than I thought he would be. Um, but yeah, I mean, great, you've got the clean sheet in the in the League Cup. So, you know, if, if we'd gone to Swansea and got pasted 5-0, then there would be no discussion. But I think Roy, we know that he likes to stick with, you know, his team if they're doing okay. So I would imagine Hennessy starts on Saturday, but if Guaita comes in, I don't I don't think anyone's gonna have a problem with it. Um I just think it might be a little longer before he gets that sort of starting jersey uh for, for good. Somewhat inconsiderably. Inconsiderably? Inconsiderably? <laughs> Let's go with that. <laughs> James Tompkins is potentially out. The reason I say is inconsiderably <laughs> I've lost it, lads. Uh, Is that Roy Hodgson's now doing his press conferences on Friday, which is obviously before we record this show. So we have no news on James Tompkins as it is. Obviously, it was a big blow just minutes before kickoff at Watford on Sunday. Um, And it was at a time where Tompkins was finally, you were kind of thinking, is his injuries problems, are his injury problems behind him? Um, He was in and out the team a lot for injury early on in his Palace career but his extended run has really seen him excel so there's no real news on how how bad his calf actually is how did you feel Kelly did Heskiff on the weekend and we once again now if it's a serious injury for Tompkins we could be one injury away from potentially having to play Ryan Innes at centre-back and how do you think that sits at the moment? Yeah, it's pretty worrying uh, in theory. Obviously, as you say, we don't know the extent of Tompkins' injury and, you know, I'm I'm hoping it was precautionary at Watford, get him sorted and, and have him have him ready to go against Southampton. But I thought Kelly was was pretty good against Watford actually. Um I don't I don't dislike Kelly. I still think he's the most awkward looking footballer I've ever seen. But he's a lot more comfortable at centre half than he is at fullback. Um, and I thought I thought he did all right. Um, he was again pretty decent against Swansea. Didn't have much to do. So if he plays, it's not going to be the end of the world. Um, I would much rather it was Tonks, but I think Martin Kelly is an able deputy. He's a sort of squad player. You're, you know, you, you're happy to have because he can come in do a job. He doesn't seem to moan too much when he's not playing. But yeah, then it gets a bit worrying if if Tonks is out for you know, a, a, a longer period of time. Obviously, Scott Dan's not ready. Um, and then you're thinking Ryan Innes, maybe Czech Kiarte, but we've barely even seen him in midfield. So it is a little bit worrying. Um, I mean, we played Wardy in the second half um, at centre-back against Swansea, which was a bit weird um, and not something I'd want to see in the league, in the Premier League. Um, but yeah, I mean, we have to wait and see whether Tompkins is knackered or... You know, it's just a one or two games that he's missing. Hopefully, it's uh, he'll be back in the starting lineup on Saturday. So, obviously, at the uh, Watford game, Wilfred Zaha became the all-time Palace top scorer in the Premier League. Of course, Albert, as um, uh, Steve Browitz was keen to point out on social media, the actual record in the top flight, he needs 15 more to surpass. 
big Mark Bright. Um, but what was very clear was, and this is a question that comes from Mark Cole, which formation gets the best out of our players, e.g. Meyer and Wilf? Um, we made a huge difference in the game when we tactically switched and put Wilf out wide left against Watford. Do you feel that last season, 4-4-2 was a bit of a necessity thing? Could Benteke was out for a bit, wasn't scoring, then it sort of worked for us. We had Ruben Loftus-Cheek in there as well, but without having the likes of Kabay and Loftus-Cheek in the middle and really forcing Schlupp in there and MacArthur to sort of play out of position as a sort of narrow right midfielder and all of that, do you, do you actually feel like we still have the players for the 4-4-2 or we should be looking to switch back to our more 4-3-3-4-5-1 that we've been used to in the Premier League a la the end of the Watford game where we actually did that and started to get some joy? Yeah, I think we do need to go back to that personally. Um, you know, the, the the minor switch that we made, you know, you saw Wilf, you know, come alive. Maya looked great. Um, and, you know, I think, I don't know if it's going to help Benteke by sort of really making him the, the sole fo- focal point, you know, of that front three. Um, and, you know, and give him Wilf the opportunity to get more balls into the box. Because um, I think that's how you're going to get the best out of Benteke. You know, we need to just, you know, all all his all his decent chances. Like for, you know, I'm thinking mainly the Fulham, you know, the Fulham game and the the Watford game. Certainly, first half came from you know came from crosses from sort of Townsend. So I think we need to take advantage of that and you know play to the strengths of you know hopefully getting Benteke back in the back in the groove of scoring. So um, yeah, I'm I'm all for it. And I think a home game against Southampton is probably the, the perfect time to try it. Yeah, it's it's an interesting one because basically what we don't know is if Max Meyer can do what. Kabaya did in a two with Milivojevic, which is basically what it boils down to. To make this formation, the 4-4-2 that we've started with work, we really, really need Maya to be able to do that. And I'm not sure that he can. Um, I'm, I just, well, I haven't seen enough of him to know if he can or not. I, he's very tidy on the ball, but for me, he's, he's looking forward way more than Kabaya was. So Kabaya was more about breaking up play and then keeping the ball, retaining possession, where Maya is definitely looking to move the ball forward more and get get things moving quicker. So it'll be interesting to, to see how it works if Maya can step in and play alongside Milivojevic. If he can't, then I don't think Milivojevic and Kuyate really works as a two in the middle. Um, MacArthur's not the player Kabaya was. So all of a sudden, I feel like it, the four four two doesn't really make sense anymore, and I think we should look to switching back to four three three. I mean, over the last couple last season, it was infuriating against Watford. We played four four two twice um, for the entirety of the away game and drew nil nil. But really, Watford should have run away with that game in the first sixty minutes, seventy minutes. We should have been out of sight, and then at the home game. We were one nil down into the 88th minute before we put Wilfred Zaha out wide left in a four three three, and of course he run rings around them, and we come back and won very late, obviously aided by the red card as well. But I just, I just feel that Roy is a bit stubborn in that sense that he just he has his vision and he sticks with his vision, and it'll be really interesting to see after the tactical change against Watford if he sticks with a four four two or realizes that maybe. I say realises, like I know more more and better stuff about football than Roy Hodgson does, but maybe our players and squad is just a little bit more suited to a 4-3-3. So it'll be, it'll be interesting to see. Heskiff, we'll, we'll get your thoughts on it as well. I'd, 
I, I, as I've said there, I think I'm, I'm for a switch back to the four three three. But do you think four four two gets a run out for a little bit longer? Well, I think the the, the question of what I want and what I think will do, um, the answers are different. I, I'm the same with you. I think I would like to see a switch back because I think we can be very effective like that. Um, and this season, whilst you know last year we were, we were playing some nice football, like you say, we had we had Kabai in there. Uh, and towards the end of the season, Loftus Cheek was obviously a big player for us. And losing those two is tough. I mean, it's not the end of the world. I certainly think we're good enough to to, to push on and finish, you know, mid table, um, or even look a little bit higher. But it's going to take a little bit of time. And like you say, we don't know the extent of Max Meyer's sort of play. Um, he looked very good when he came on against Watford. Um, but again, that was when we pushed Wilf wide. They both connected, you know, they, they both connected very well and he got an assist straight away for Wilf for Wilf's goal. So I think yeah, I think I mean I think Hodgson is is quite stubborn at times, both in how we sets up, which has been working, so you can't really criticize a huge amount. But certainly like in game management with regards to tinkering with the formation, the subs that he brings on, the timing of the subs he brings on. I think that's what sort of needs a little work and, you know, yeah, I would like to see us sort of switch switch back a bit, but I'm not convinced that Roy will do that, unfortunately. Yeah, I think, uh, again, going back to Sunday, not making a change between their first goal and second goal, what I think was criminal, really, because they were completely on top. It was obvious that they were going to get a second goal and we just kind of sit back and let it happen and then made the change and then immediately got back into the game, obviously. So it's very frustrating. So it will be an interesting one to see for Saturday anyway. But with Southampton, the start they've had, um, and having spoken to our Southampton fan further up in the show, it doesn't sound like it's all rosy there. So Southampton at home would probably be the best time to try a switch to see how it works. But anyway... We'll finish that there, and then after this short break, we'll be back with predictions. Back of the Nest Match Preview Podcast, www.backofthenest.com. So we were all wrong across the board last week. Uh, me and Albert, both with the exact same prediction, spookily, getting it wrong. Uh, Albert, did you back our prediction? I didn't. Um, I mean, it... <laughs> I, I would have, but then the late, you know, the late switch, the late switch at the back. Mm, you know, yeah. Tomkins going off. Yeah. We'll definitely, definitely put pay to that. I mean, like you say, we were wondering if the injury problems are behind him, and it turns out they are. But you know, it's in his calf. Mm. Um, which, you know, is behind him, isn't it? Really. So, <laughs> which, which, any which way? Uh, I didn't back it. I didn't back it. I, I was, I was in a terrible way. <laughs> yeah, I ran into you walking out of the pub. What, what happened? You were coming to the game, then you were there in Watford, outside the pub, but not going to the game. I was only there to hand my tickets over to someone else, deeply, deeply upsetting. And then, oh, mate, it was a whole big to-do. Then I, we had to go home, uh, ordered a Nando's. Turns out that there's two Nando's in Watford, and I went to the wrong one to pick it up. <laughs> then I was traipsing around Watford in the rain, trying to get home to watch the game for kickoff. Uh, couldn't find the wife who was driving around the one-way system trying to find me. And then the uh, Nando's comes in a brown paper bag, doesn't it? And they don't really like the rain. And then my, my Nando's bag split. And um, 
just say there was chicken everywhere. Well, of course, if you were um, a, if you're a South London boy, uh, you'd be getting Motley's, and they come in plastic bags, and you have no such problem, mate. Other other brands of chicken <laughs> are available to throw across the pavement. Um, I booted a coleslaw. Let's put it that way. <laughs> I was very angry. <laughs> so. To come home to see James Tompkins not in the lineup, like I say, only compounded the misery. <laughs> right. um, the poll last week, <laughs> only 26% of you got right, uh, which was burn their mascot with fire. I'm sure we all still want to do that. <laughs> um, the poll this week, oh, 88% have gone for St. Hodgson, 8% have gone for St. Draw, and 4% have gone for this ain't right. <laughs> I'm like, I shouldn't laugh at my own jokes. I do apologise. <laughs> I've started. I've started to just pick the one that I think is the best bit of wordplay. I'm not even thinking about the result when I vote anymore. <laughs> yeah, well, that just means it's going to be loss every week that you're going to pick because I, I feel like there's a natural progression towards the uh, punchline. Um, <clears throat> I, if I didn't look at analytics and know what numbers of listeners we'd get, I, I'd think that no one ever listened to our show because we only got one prediction and that was my mate <laughs> which was from nick saying that it'll be two nil with a MacArthur and a zaha goal uh all of the back of the nest people have gone for a win with the exception of patrick o'connor who's gone for one one draw so there's a lot of confidence heskiff a lot of confidence there is um i must admit i I don't know why I forgot because we do it every, literally every single week, but I not even thought about a score prediction. So as a result, I'm going to go straight in. I say we're going to win. We're going to win 2-1. Okay. Who's bagging? Who's bagging? Uh, I reckon Luca will get a pen after Wilf gets a hacking. And uh, who who else is going to score? Let's say Mama. I reckon Mamadou will get a goal. Well, I think Wilf's in for a couple of free penalties now. Um, the referees are probably going to send down the message. Uh, yeah, give him some decisions. So you might be right there. Albert, what are you going for? I've gone, I mean, despite in the poll going for the this ain't fair, I've actually gone for a 2-0 win. Um, I think we have to, you know, losing to Liverpool, there was no, no real shame in that. I, I was really hoping for at least a draw against Watford. Um, so I think we need. I think we sort of owe it to ourselves to put in a, a solid, solid display at home against a team that you know realistically we should be beating at home. Um, so let's have a nice two nil with uh, Benteke and Townsend. Okay, um, I'm not saying this is not what I'm going to write down in the prediction league, but I feel like I need to go back to always predicting losses because when I went to that method last year, we always seemed to win. So I'll say 1-0 loss. <laughs> It'll be just like last season, a horrible, horrible goal and a horrible performance. And then everyone can get off my back about predicting wins. <laughs> um, Danny Ings? Danny, do obviously Danny Ings. Obviously, obviously Danny Ings. Danny Ings. Um, quickly, just a one-word answer. Heskiff, is there a bit of pressure building on Hodgson? No. Albert? No. No. Well, considering he's a man that has lost it about um, a mascot and then accused Swansea of not offering us Tuesday or when, uh, offering us Wednesday for the game when they, in fact, did offer us Wednesday for the game, mm, is there signs of him losing it? I don't know. No. 
I didn't know about the Wednesday thing. Mm. Yeah, once you can let go, two's becoming a trend. But obviously, I'm only kidding. We'll be back shortly after this message. Back of the Nest Match Preview Podcast. www.backofthenest.com That's it for this week. Uh, Love Sports will be in your inboxes in the morning. Uh, We have Mike Scott, DR Kernas. I'm surprised DR Kernas has the ability to um, actually move out of the house after the drive back from Swansea where me and Hambo took over DJ duties and basically strictly 98 to 2004 rock. A lot of it very depressing (laughs) where where DR Graham Kernas was sitting in the back of the car just probably weeping, I think. Uh, Chris Clark is also making up the rest of that team. Uh, Alberts, you're off to talk sport tonight. What's going on there? Literally going to the sports bar the moment we stop recording this to see Andy Goldstein. Oh, and what's what goes on there? Oh, you know, just a quick quick half an hour. But I think I think there'll be a Southampton fan in the house, and um, we'll just go through. I'm just going to repeat everything I said on this. Really. Okay. Right. So this is an exclusive then. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but the problem is this: the talk sport thing will have gone out probably before this because that's like live, live, at like half ten, where this is probably not going to be ready till what the morning. So no pressure, Billiam. Yeah, because Billiam's Billiam's a bit slow with the uh, producing. <laughs> <laughs> obviously thanks to billiam in the background uh, always a sterling job he's, he's feeling a bit under the weather this week so um uh, so send your best wishes to billiam on twitter uh, review show sunday as usual hambo will be leading a team of people unyet decided uh, hopefully talking about us getting back to winning ways in the premier league so thank you albert thank you Haskiv, thank you billiam thank you all for listening and your input to the show and until next week up the palace It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.